Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Ryan Hetrick is a producer, director, teacher, high-performance coach, and has worked in the behavioral health field with a focus on autism for more than a decade. He is currently making a documentary titled Restoring Balance, Autism Recovery. After years working with children on the autism spectrum, Ryan was motivated to make this documentary. He saw firsthand the difference that dietary and biomedical therapies can have in helping kids reach their full potential. Ryan has also worked as a neurocognitive and certified brain injury specialist. Ryan has taught courses in acting, writing, and film editing for students at the nonprofit organization Actors for Autism. And Carol, I understand Ryan is working with From the Heart as a fiscal sponsor. Yes, Claire, Ryan is covered by From the Heart, and we're so proud to be working with you, Ryan. Thank you for joining us. Well, the feeling's mutual. Thank you for having me on the show. Great. Well, we want to know how you chose this topic for your documentary. Well, you know, um, I thought I was going to be into making narrative films and stories. That was my original passion when I started making films and uh, film school. But, you know, I, I was also working in the behavioral health field because I that was a double major in college. I was kind of doing that to pay my bills. And uh, I started working with a lot of kids with autism and it just happened for years and years that way. And, you know, I was taught that this is a lifelong condition. And once they're have this diagnosis that this is kind of the way it is for the rest of their life. And this one little boy just came into my life and, and changed my perception of that totally. Um, you know, so I was working with him as a, as a behaviorist and the mother did these biomedical changes and his diet got rid of processed foods, uh, gluten-free, dairy-free and some supplements. And I just could have never predicted the changes that happened in just a few weeks, how he went from speaking two to three word sentences to seven to 10 word sentences and eye contact and social engagement and all these things that we were working so hard at in the behavior therapy world just happened all of a sudden and, and with ease. And, you know, I had this really compelling feeling that even though I wasn't into documentaries, that I had to help tell this story because I thought, why isn't this on the front page of the paper? I found out that this kid wasn't an anomaly. There was a bunch of them. So I had this to... This is wonderful. <laughs> I had to start it. I just, you know, so I got into documentaries and I, I never thought I would, but I'm really glad that it took that turn. You know, I was watching a documentary last night, Brian, that said that the World Health Organization has listed processed meats. Now, that's like bologna and salami and things that people take for granted. That processed meats is on the list of number one carcinogens. 
carcinogens. So that would mean the same as uh, asbestos or tobacco, cigarettes. So um, just by taking the child off of the processed meats, uh, that could have helped tremendously. And also they took them off of dairy. What else did they do? Do you remember? In uh, which example are you talking about? About the the young boy that you're talking about. Oh, the one that I that I was. Yeah, he he uh, was basically taken off all processed meats because there's a lot of gluten in them. So she took them out because of the gluten issue. Um, you know, she tried to go mostly organic, um, but definitely a- any type of meat products became. Uh, organic or free range or, or grass fed, uh, but you know she really tried to start more towards fruits and vegetables, and actually fermented foods uh, is something that this community gets a lot into. Oh, tell me about that fermented foods. Why is that? So actually, in in a lot of studies, they've recognized that children uh, with autism have a significantly lower population of gut flora, our, our good bacteria in, in our gastrointestinal tract. They have a really low number of diversity. And uh, so basically, this leads to the food allergies and this leads to immune system problems because these bacteria, they found actually communicate with our immune system, keeping it calm and regulated. So they have to supplement these bacteria for the children on a regular basis because they're missing these essential microbes. That's fascinating because I make my own sauerkraut. It's so simple, and I find that um, I love to have it with most of my meals, and that's exactly what I guess mothers are having to do for these children, right? Yeah, they use um, some, like, coconut kefirs. They use sauerkraut. Um, you know, in, like you said, it's so easy if someone just sort of explained it. And that's what we want our outreach program to eventually do when the screenings happen. There are some of these mothers who are ready to set up, like, a, a fermenting kit uh, at the screening, you know, to show other people how to ferment and to show... Oh, wonderful. You know, and, and and I think that this is something that is really exciting because the average parents, it's not expensive. And I'm not sure if you know, they actually had some studies that show that there's more probiotics in one jar of sauerkraut than in an entire bottle of store-bought capsules. No, I didn't know that. That's incredible because they're expensive. Those bottles of, of good pro products are about uh, $25, $30 for maybe six weeks. And one head of cabbage is like $2. So there's a big difference there. And that's exactly why we're trying to empower parents with the idea of film, because we can show them that, yes, there's a few ways you can go about doing this. And if you just can put a little bit of time and effort into it, you can actually do this in a really cost-effective way because that's one of the misconceptions about it is that, oh, my gosh, this is just going to change my life financially. It will be upside down, you know. So what happened was that you saw this this child escalate with his use of words, his eye contact, uh, and his acceptance of society uh, change within weeks of the diet change. And is that what gave you the idea to do the film? 
Yeah, you know, as those weeks were happening and the changes, I was just, my jaw was on the floor and I couldn't figure out what to say or do. And I was working with other clients at the time because I worked with more than one kid and I had about five other clients and I thought, oh my gosh, like this other information has to get into these parents' hands. And I started to find out that there were sort of some challenges in explaining it firsthand. You know, either people didn't believe you or it was a lot of explaining. And they, it, it was just sort of hard to get everybody on board to that idea because it's, it's hard. You know, it's some major changes in your life to get rid of these food allergens and um, go organic. And it takes some major commitment. But, um, you know, it, in in the long run, it just ended up working out for this family, I think. And I, they inspired me because I was like, you know, there has to be a simple way to tell everybody. And I'm like, you know what? Of course, a documentary. Because I'll say this, you know, if if you're upset at somebody or whatever or you need to prove a point, it's best to write a letter because they have to read your whole letter before they can come up with a counterpoint or before they can decide what's going on. So everybody's level-headed and it's in the letter. And I think a documentary or a piece of film can explain in the same way. You know, they sit down and they watch the whole thing. They see multiple families championing this. They see multiple doctors championing this. They see testimonials in front of their eyes, before and after pictures. And then it's a lot less work on just one person. And the reason I got into film is instead of working with people one-on-one in psychology, you can work with thousands of people at a time, millions Absolutely. of people at a time. Absolutely. Well, it's so great to hear your enthusiasm. This, I think, is the most important thing about filmmaking, enthusiasm, connection to the uh, subject matter. So uh, that's why one of the reasons you're in the top ten for the spring film grant, um, we look for this type of energy, this commitment, because we want to make sure that he or she who wins the grant will complete the film. And so bravo for your total commitment to this film now. Tell us where you are in production. So we've finished most of our production process in terms of capturing the interviews. We've actually captured uh, about 45, 46 interviews. And uh, there's just one more family that we're going to grab here in Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, we've already raised funds for that production part so the main thing we're focused on now is our post-production and outreach process. And, uh, you know, in the post-production process, uh, like I said, I've worked with some students from Actors for Autism, and they do some fantastic work with editing and animation. And, uh, you know, this grant and uh, other, other financial uh, help will basically – assist them in getting some more professional experience while also, you know, getting a chance to come in contact with the subject matter in a way that's not really too heavy handed. Yes, that's well, it's very important that you take us into this by the hand and then show us what has happened and how it has worked. That's what sells people. If you can see, if you can go into the home of a family and see the changes they made and know that it worked for them, uh, that's what will empower other mothers. Because 
when you start dealing with people's diet or talking to them about changes in their diet, they become very resistant. They don't want to hear it. But for the <laughs> results, they may, with the results you're showing them. Well, let's talk about your plans for marketing and distribution. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we're looking to be as diverse as possible with our distribution. I mean, it, I, I definitely want to take advantage of Tug, and we're going to have a lot of those types of screenings, I'm sure. Um, I actually, at the Autism One conference, got a chance to talk to uh, Del Bigtree. He's the producer of Vaxxed, and um, I got a chance to talk to him for a while, one-on-one, and, you know, he mentioned the routes of trying for a distribution deal because, and they ultimately did that. He knew it would be less lucrative in the long run for them, but that more people would see it. And so if by chance we, uh, we get some attention at film festivals and in the distribution realm, I'd, I'd love to, you know, start part of that because whether the screenings be through tug or whether the screenings be this way, uh, the idea is to get these grassroots communities to come to the film and there's going to be question and answer sessions with, uh, you know, even if we can't come from the movie, the practitioners that are in the movie, that'll depend on the outreach grants and such that we get of, you know, how many cities they can come to. But, you know, for at least Los Angeles and New York, we're going to get some of the practitioners that were in the film and some of the mothers that were in the film, and they're going to be there for Q&A sessions. And like I said, ideally we're going to have some food demonstrations with fermented foods and gluten-free foods because people have to taste this stuff to believe it. And, and then when you do, you, you start to realize. So whether how big or how small the screenings are, our plans are always going to be to – have the grassroots communities attending those screenings. It's obviously going to be a little harder to do the um, the food in the mainstream, some of the mainstream theaters with their concessions competition. But, um, you know, the smaller theaters, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to do that, and the private screenings will be able to do that. Um, but we really want to build it from the bottom up because we know in every city – um, I may have mentioned before that, unfortunately, the statistics for autism are 1 in 68, and those are actually measured with 12-year-old uh, children. So actually, the statistics are, are likely higher, like uh, 1 in 30, um, 1 in 45. And so there's so many families that are ready for this information and that need this information, and they're all there. It's going to be about having us you know, contact them through these other autism organizations to get them to the theaters. Yes, those other autistic organizations are your uh, most important connections right now, creating very strong connections with those organizations. I mean, they are a little skeptical normally at, when you approach them with the idea that you're making a film that their members would like, but you, with building a rapport with each of them separately, you can uh, have them ready to at least view the film when it's finished, and then you'll be able to get them to open up their books and uh, mail their list to come and see your film. But strategic partners are the most important thing for you, Ryan, to get this seen in the places you want it. Yeah, absolutely. That 
uh, I think will thrive with that synergy. Good. Well, um, so you've already got some audiences interested across the country, and um, are you working on a social networking and, and a website? Tell us about that. Yeah, our website is up, and we're just designing things, um, you know, our capture pages and email lists to build that. We're using um, the practitioners in the film have been willing to, you know, contact all of the families they see uh, in order to pitch this as well. But what we want to do with our website eventually is build it up so that as the screenings happen, um, the connections of people there will expand. Like we're, we're having a link section, of course, for other helpful practitioners and websites, but we're going to have a link section for practitioners sort of state by state and mothers state by state, city by city, you know, who's there and who can you contact and reach out to if they're in your local neighborhood. Um, and that's how we want to keep people engaged sort of in the end stages, the long run stages of the film. Um, so that it stays on everybody's mind. Because it's sort of, you know, a, a solutions-based um, approach. So, Well, this is excellent. This is what is needed, the information center. You could be the hub for uh, the information on diet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, the most important example that film gets to show here is that when you see these other moms and these other families and you like the living testimonials of the before and after, it inspired me so much to, to, you know, keep going. It's what keeps me going. I just watch some of our footage and get so inspired because what these other people have done. And I know that that's going to be contagious and the more people see it, the more we'll hear about it. And we're going to be, you know, receiving videos and testimonials after the fact. That's going to be part of that online network. Um, so I, I foresee it just growing and growing. And I think that aside from being a film to meet the need of the parents, I really hope that this can be a film to meet the need of the world's needs because right now the autism rate is exponentially climbing and, and there's really nobody that's put forth a solution to prevent or recover these children. And luckily this film will talk about some of that stuff. So you're saying right now the statistics could be at 1 in 45, but, and what is it projected to be in the near future? That was a shocking number. Right. So uh, MIT senior research scientist Stephanie Seneff has evaluated the data and basically noticed this exponential growth. It doesn't look like it's um, stopping anytime soon. And so she said that by the year 2025, it may be one in two children. Oh, that's incredible. And, and it's crazy to think, but like I said, that number that the CDC that goes on now, the one in 68, that's with uh, 12-year-old children with autism. So what about the ones who are diagnosed at three and four? Those numbers are likely higher because, as Stephanie says, um, an exponential growth, it has to start to level out before it plateaus. So it's just not going to plateau all of a sudden. It's going to start to level out first. And, you know, and it's just still, like, straight up. 
Straight on up. The graph. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about how you you can use a, a larger portion of the footage that you have than most documentaries are able to do. What are your plans there? Yeah, so I realized in capturing this footage that there's so much useful information that's obviously not going to be able to fit in the initial documentary. And, uh, you know, the documentary is, of course, for the families and the practitioners, but it's for the broader audience too. So we have to really navigate of how we show and what we show. But in terms of like a bonus DVD or bonus footage, I think it takes it to the whole, a whole new level because um, I would love to have an online web series that utilizes the footage we already have. And, you know, we could add some additional animation and some additional sequencing um, but basically still utilizing most of the footage instead of leaving it on the cutting room floor, piece together sections that focus on, you know, probiotics and healthy diet, uh, focus on a section for supplements, focus on a section for detoxification, you know, and these would be different episodes that the parents or other interested people could check out online and is uh, essentially the rest of the footage just recut into episodes that people can sort of digest and understand. This is brilliant. And all of those uh, short films would drive people to see the master film. That would be really good marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I actually got this idea when I was talking to Dell because he was telling me, well, you could go the distribution route or you could go the online route. And something in me just said, well, let's do both. Because I realized that, that this, particular subject matter, like I said, it's sort of unique that all these tips and and this information um, can be viewed in different ways and pieced together different ways that I think people can find it really helpful. Exactly. Now, I just spoke with Peter Broderick recently, and he's saying when you go to negotiate with the distributor that you need to have a distribution plan an outline of what you want, the rights you want to keep and the things you intend to do with your project and get, and show it to them right up front. Say, this is my plan and let's see if we want to work together. And that, of course, would be in your plan, your online short films and then your uh, the sale of your own DVDs and downloads on your own website. Those things I would never let go of. Uh, But the idea is uh, that you might want to listen to that interview and create yourself a marketing plan because this is unique, and the distributors probably have never heard this before, and I think this is brilliant. So if you did that and you did tug and then you even – and then you did VOD and sold it to Netflix or Amazon, that would encompass a very large marketing campaign, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I great. think, you know, we're, we're out, to, out to get because not only uh, will we reach people in this one avenue, but from other avenues. And I think, honestly, in order to slow down, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think big picture here. In order to slow down these rates, uh, we have to have more people aware of, of that it's environmental. I mean, one of the doctors in the documentary says, you know, it's impossible to have a genetic epidemic because 
genetics are those way for years. So if something happens all of a sudden, it's not genetic. It's the environment. Something's happening in our environment. And so, you know, I hope to raise awareness enough with Vax and these other movies that there's things we can do to hit the brakes and there's things we can do to turn this around. Exactly. Well, tell us how people can reach you, Ryan. Give us your website information. Yeah, so restoringbalanceautism.com is the website for our documentary and uh there's several different contact forms you can sign up for on there uh actually we're giving away a, a free autism ebook for just signing up under us um which gives parents and other people just a general idea of the basis of not only this project but sort of the ins and outs of what these families and doctors are going through um but uh you know that that's our main website, and, and please check us out on Facebook because we're continually expanding, and we post articles and other stories of inspiration from mothers and practitioners, you know, who have been there, done that in the recovery world, and uh, we'll be expanding on social media soon. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, um, but Instagram is something we're about to branch out to, so stay tuned oh, for that. Okay. Well, tell us how you think these changes for children with autism can help other people like the average person. Uh, Don't you imagine that people watching these films and learning how (coughs) the health issues changed for children might alert some people that they have a gluten intolerance or a dairy intolerance, right? Well, it's funny you mention that. So uh, another Another thing that really stood out to me of the reason why I got into this film is so when I was working with that first little boy and trying to pitch all these changes to other people, I realized, hey, I got to walk the walk. I got to try this gluten free thing. I got to try this dairy free thing. And I kind of had a health issue myself, uh, like a varicose vein. It was giving me pain for like three years. And I was a stubborn guy. You know, it took me a while to go to the doctor. Um, but they, of course, just wanted to cut it out. They offered no solutions, and I just dealt with it for a while. Well, when I went gluten and dairy-free, not even three weeks later, this pain for three years was gone. So oh, that, that, was, that was step one for me, and, and my mother has rheumatoid arthritis, and she started making some of these changes. And... Um, my father actually started making, my father lost 100 pounds in a year just gradually after being only half gluten and dairy free. And some of these people started to really realize uh, in their life and my immediate family the implications of these changes. And, um, you know, I've, I've also been a health coach, so I've just seen numerous people with digestive issues and chronic fatigue issues and fibromyalgia and just so many things. And it's like, oh my gosh. Some of these things that are a problem for the children with autism, it's like they're, a lot of these doctors are treating these other people the same way and having great results. So these children have sort of shown the way for some of these new treatments to treat other people with chronic disease. So that's why, you know, if anybody has any type of chronic condition that is called a disease and they don't think there's a cure for, likely something in this film will help you. Oh, wonderful. Well, give us some tips on what the average family can do to make changes, uh, like restoring balances teaching. 
So ideally, um, you know, you want to try to be as organic as possible. I mean, I would say in today's day and age, a lot of these kids are really sensitive to the pesticides, especially glyphosate. And this is another thing that MIT researcher Stephanie Seneff points out, correlates with the autism epidemic. Um, And that's really on a lot of like wheat, oats. Uh, They're now spraying lentils. So there's a lot of things you you, you oh, want to get hip. Mental. You want to get you want to get hip to the to the list of of things that are organic and you know go to your farmers market if you can because sometimes those people they might not sell organic stuff but you can ask them you know what do you do to your crops and they'll let you know if they spray because sometimes that organic label is expensive for farmers. So if you really get to the grassroots level um, and even as you were speaking about like making your own foods. So I would say look into fermenting your own foods. It's really a lot easier and cheaper than most people think. And uh, these bacteria, you know, without getting into too much detail, they really control how we think and feel. And they correlate it even with anxiety and depression. So, again, um, these children have sort of shown us the way for for some of these things. Um, But they're basically gluten and dairy-free. Those are the top allergens. People try to take out the top allergens, which typically consists of wheat, dairy, corn, soy, eggs, uh, a lot of times yeast for these guys. But um, a lot of those things are also heavily sprayed with pesticides. So people are trying to wonder, is it the chicken or the egg, which, you know, which is actually (laughs) causing the problem. Uh, for us, but and then, you know, in terms of environmentally in your home, um, another thing, and, and I know you guys also were into another film about this, but EMS, you know, they talk about unplugging your Wi-Fi at night, um, just being mindful to put your phone off or on airplane mode, because a lot of these kids are sensitive to this, and you know, I even know friends after we were aware of this and clients who were sensitive to EMS. Um, But all the things in your environment count. The chemicals you use when you're washing your clothes. You know, if you use regular, like, Tide laundry detergent, there's a lot of chemicals in there that these kids can't process. And in turn, the chronically ill people can't process. So that's why, you know, as clean as you can be with the air and all the products in your home, uh, it all helps and it all makes a difference. Yes, it does. I'm totally with you. Um, this is beautiful. Good advice on the the eggs, particularly the eggs, because um, they are so full of cholesterol and so difficult for the body to digest that uh, when the American, I called the American Heart Association one time because I'd heard a report that you could have um, an egg a day or something like that. And I thought, that's way too much. So I called them, and the woman said to me, no, Carol, you can have three eggs a week. And I said, so if I wanted to do one omelet a week? She said, no, that's in everything you eat. So you have to consider your bread, your crackers, anything that you eat that is already cooked or already made that has an egg in it, you have to count that. So basically I said I shouldn't eat any eggs at all. She said, probably, right. So we are. We have to pay attention. I think it's so important that people take uh, the time 
to make their diet as good as possible because I love to shop at the farmer's market and I watch who's the healthiest <laughs> that's selling. I look for the people who look terrific and I buy their organic foods from them because they're obviously eating it. Anyway, um, what you're doing is going to be so well-received. I think this is going to explode on you because we all need to know this. Now, um, let me ask you, uh, what type of impact do you want this documentary to make on the autism community? Tell us what type of uh, impact you hope your movie will have on the world's perception of autism, too. Yeah, well, you know, in talking to Dell, I had initially, um, he said that they sort of ran with the controversy with Vax because he said that that's what got them a lot of attention. And I was going to shy away from it, and I thought, oh, my film doesn't have that much controversy in it. But, you know, I realized that the whole perception of the idea that autism is not genetic that it is our environment, basically and unfortunately, that autism is a man-made condition. We've done this to our own children um, through the things in the environment. So I think the perception, first of all, that, that yes, that autism is, is not genetic and that it's from our environment around us and factors that we can change, and then also that it's not set in stone. As like one of the doctors says, it's, it's not like a stick that's just broken and you can't put it back together. It's not like that. It's very variable. The body is amazing at, at healing itself. And so I think that people think, oh, my gosh, um, my kid has this diagnosis and, and it's this way forever. And as a lot of the mothers have been told, your child is probably going to end up in an institution or a group home oh. or something like that. And they get told Dear. this at the er- early stages of, of life. And, you know, and, and the perception also within this biomedical community that already exists that it's never too late, that it's never too late. One of the stories that just, like, blows me away is uh, Anne Millen. Um, she's a writer. She, I mean, well, she wrote a book. She's a mother, mostly, who recovered her daughter. Now, her daughter was... Um, 28 years old when she started to go through biomedical treatment. So she had been diagnosed with autism her whole life. She had one to two word sentences. She had um, the only reason that she got into this was to stop Robin's uh, self-abuse. She would hit herself and she would scream. You know, she had these behaviors. And so she thought, all right, I'm going to try this biomedical thing to see. And um, at the time, you know, Robin had worked very, very part-time at a grocery store as a bagger, but she always needed someone by her side to help her um, do everything. Well, she went on biomedical treatment. She regained all her language. Ah. Wow. She two jobs now and uh, lives independently in her own condo, and she drives now, <laughs> and she oh, has a boyfriend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, this is wonderful. And she was 28 Absolutely. when they start when they started. So most people just don't think that these changes are possible, even people in the biomedical community. So I think that this is going to resonate in the community that it's meant for 
and, and they're going to all learn something because I keep learning something from all of them. And I think the world's perception of autism is going to be changed by all these people validating what others have sort of tried to not pay attention to for all this time. But again, I think it just needs to be organized in a nice presentation. And when you see the before and after, uh, you really can't deny it. So if there is a lot of controversy around this, you're just going to ride with it and just hope that that will open more, uh, will get you more publicity and take you into more theaters and get more people to see it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a positive sense of controversy for us, though, too, because I, I believe in this message. I don't believe that there's really anything, you know, negative about it. Um, and And so... I believe in all these doctors and all these parents. So I think that the people who will be the naysayers or anybody like that, once they just watch some of the footage, I, I think they'll be turned around. And, and I've witnessed a lot of people that have been turned around in other areas of life, whether it be healthy eating or a changed perception of something. But, you know, they've said, I'm never going to do this or I'm not going to change this for myself. And then they do. And then they say, now I feel great. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 I think the same thing's going to happen with the movie because it's a lot less polarized than the, than the vaccination thing. And we're, and we're trying to keep that out of the film for the majority of the reason that I, I don't want to polarize people and upset people at the beginning. I just want to show them the perception that it's not genetic and that it can be dramatically changed, mostly recovered from. Excellent, excellent. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much for sharing your time and your information with us. We're just uh, so proud to be supporting your film, and I know the listeners are behind you with this movement afoot to change the world and bring more information to all of us about how diet can change your life and uh, raise your energy level and do away with depression in many cases. So thank you Absolutely. for joining us, Ryan. Excellent. Um, and good luck with your film. I'm sure that you're going into a post-production, so you'll be very focused soon. But give us your website again for everyone. Yeah, restoringbalanceautism.com is the website for the documentary, and there you can check out some of the videos of the families and practitioners. Um, and there's information on what to get started with. If you'd like to do some of the same dietary changes that they did, uh, you can make a donation through our website. And uh, also we have on the Network for Good now our, our fundraiser up, so look for us on there, Restoring Balance Autism Recovery. Oh, great. Network for Good. I love that platform. This is great. All right. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was a pleasure, and have a great day. Okay. Thank you, Thank Ryan. You, Claire. I really, really all right. appreciate all the information. You're doing a wonderful job. Be well, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask 
for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.